thank you for our helper, our teacher, our standby, our comforter, which is the Holy Spirit. And Father, I thank you that as I begin to teach your people, Father, I thank you, God, that I have decreased and the spirit of the living God has increased on the inside of me. But Father, I have been crucified with Christ and it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to continue talking about 911, what's your emergency? Lost souls. And this is the emergency that's happening around us today is lost souls. So we want to be prepared. We want to be made ready so we can go out and win souls. Because the Bible said those who win souls, they are wise. So let's continue. Last week, um, were we here last week? No, the week before, (laughs) I was talking about... um, Christians persecuting Christians. We know that the world is going to hate us, but when we become haters of one another, the ones that's believing in the same God, something is wrong with that picture. And I went into Galatians, the second chapter, and I was talking about how Peter come up against Paul. I mean, Paul come up against Peter because Peter was coming coming against the um, Gentiles, and he was standing with James and the other ones that was talking about circumcision was necessary in order to be part of the kingdom of God. So Peter already had an experience with God, um, with Cornelius, and God already went to Peter and told him that everything that he has created really is good. I'm just paraphrasing it. So when Peter got before high um, up officials, people that looked like they were above him, he began to change. And that's one way that Christians will begin to hate each other or turn on each other or persecute one another when we look into man instead of looking to God. But Paul had to stand up and he had to put Peter in his place. He had to rebuke Peter openly. And sometimes people say, oh, that's so cruel. Why would somebody do that in the midst of others? Why wouldn't you pull them aside? One good reason is Peter already knew. Peter already knew what was right. He chose not to do what was right. So Paul stood in front of all of them to shut that door that was being opened due to what Peter was doing. And that's what we have to do. We're all brothers and sisters in Christ. We don't hate one another, but we make sure that we stand up for what's right. And that's what Paul was doing. So we should be lovers of one another. When one brother is down, we lift that brother up. So we should not be coming against each other because some of us are inside the house of God and some of us are outside the house of God. If somebody chooses not to come in and fellowship because of this pandemic, we don't hate them. We pray for them. We lift them up. We encourage them still in the things of God. But if the ones choose to come into the house of the Lord, While the doors are open, we should be lifting them up, encouraging them. We should not be coming against one another during a time like this because there are lost souls out there and the enemy is using all of this to keep us from winning lost souls. So the Lord began to show me something else too because as we've been going over how the world is going to hate us because they hated him and... um, you know, we're going to be hated. We're going to be persecuted. I said, God, I said, all of this coming, and it's coming because of the word. 
I said it has to be something, which I already know, but this is what I want to teach. It has to be something about the word that the enemy despised so much that he don't want that word to go forth and he had to stir up all of this to try to stop the word. Have you ever really sat down and thought about how important the word of God is? When you sit down and you really think about how important the word of God is, then you will begin to understand this is why you're being persecuted. This is why you're being talked about. This is why afflictions are coming. It's because of the word. It's because of what you're carrying. Go back to um, in Luke when it uh, came to Mary and God chose her out of all those virgins. God chose her. He said she was blessed. She was highly favored. I'm pretty sure it was more virgins in the land. But he chose Mary. So can you imagine you being chosen and other women around you, they're looking at you, they're gawking at you, they're hollering when it's time for her to be stoned. Stone her, stone her. She's lying. She's been with a man. But these are the things that happen. But when God uh, came to Mary and brought the word of God to her, Mary didn't shun the word. Mary just said, be it unto me according to the word of God. So God had to get her permission in order for her to conceive, in order for her to be pregnant with the word. Isn't that something? So God, we have to allow God to um, come into our lives. Just like when the word of God is being preached, when it's being proclaimed. Once your heart is open and you have faith based on what you're hearing, that's when the Holy Spirit comes in and the Holy Spirit do a work on the inside of you. But he needs your permission. He's not going to do anything outside of us, outside of where we are. That's why God looks at the heart of man. Remember in the Bible when Samuel went to anoint another king. And when Samuel looked, he saw, was it uh, Eli? What's his name? I get that name mixed up. Elisha? Who was it, man? Eliab. When he saw him, he was looking at him like, surely... This is God anointed one. He looked at the, uh, his appearance, but God said, I don't look at the out, outward. I look at the inward. I look at the heart. So God know where all of us are. So getting back to Mary, when Mary heard the word, she said, be it unto me according to the word. From that day forward, as Mary was carrying that baby, the word of God, she had to go through some stuff. The first thing she had to go through was Joseph. So we're going to have some stuff coming at us because of the word, and it's going to hit close to home. Her and Joseph, actually, they, they had not, they were not married yet, but they knew that they were going to be married. So they considered Mary as his wife. So when he saw the one that he's supposed to marry, and she's coming back, as they say, big as a tick, and he know I ain't laid with this woman, but I know somebody has, and she's telling him, I have not been with the man in the natural. Who's going to believe that? And, and he know he hadn't touched her and she's carrying a child. So look what God done. See, that was trouble there. There was affliction there. But then God began to talk to Joseph, even in the midst of what was going on, because Joseph was going to let them have their way with Mary. But God had a plan and he had a purpose for everything that was being done. And we in the natural don't understand God's plan and God's purpose. That's why we have to have revelation when it comes to his word. We just can't 
just look at it with the natural eye and begin to accept it. We have to have revelation and illumination and light from it. So once God spoke to Joseph and told Joseph what was going to, what was um, Mary was carrying, which was the word, which was Jesus, which brings salvation, they had a long journey. Look at um, Herod. He was trying to kill the baby, the seed that she was carrying. He wanted to kill her, but God told Joseph what to do in order for that word to be delivered. Jesus means salvation. That means the word that she was carrying was going to save the whole world. Not only save, deliver, it was going to prosper, it was going to heal. Everything was in that seed, which was Jesus, which means salvation. So God was protecting his word. Did they have to go through because of the word? Yes, they did have to go through. But the whole point was the word that she was carrying was bringing everything that the whole world need the word that she was carrying was our savior was going to be our master was going to be our lord was going to be the anointed one so the word had to be protected so y'all know she delivered that that baby and after the baby was delivered he was still trying to kill jesus but we know he could not die before his time so why am i saying all of that the word is so important and if we understand how important the word of God is we would not take it lightly we would not go a day without getting into the word of God every opportunity that we get when we know what the word of God gives unto us we will want to open it up every opportunity we can get I'm telling you if I'm my husband knows me as soon as I hit the car if I'm not speaking in my heavenly language I got something on my ear if I'm silent my mind is just going over this with God. Well, God, what about this? So God, what about that? It's where your mindset is. And sometimes I say, oh man, I'm annoying this man because we'll be in the same room at times. And as soon as I sit in the chair, my tongues are just going. I'm just silent with it, but it's just going, just going. So I remember him telling somebody one day, I said, okay, is he annoyed by my heavenly language? Am I bothering him? But he was making a statement. He was saying every time she's speaking in tongues, every time we go somewhere, she's speaking in tongues because I know what tongues do. I know what your heavenly language do for you in a run of a day. It builds me up in my most holy faith. And I'm praying for people that I don't even know who I'm praying for. I'm speaking directly to God and whatever God want to bring back to me, you know, I hear, I say, God, okay, I'll do that. Or, or one word may come. So when we know how important the word is and when we know what we're carrying, we do not take it lightly. And the more you get into the word of God, the more obedient you become to the word of God, the more adversaries you're going to have. The more family is going to come at you, the more your children going to come at you, the more your husband, your wife going to come at you, even your animals, Jennifer, they're going to come at you. They're going to come at you. And the reason why it is for the word's sake. If you don't have things hitting you and hitting you and hitting you and hitting you, something is wrong. That means, I'm going to be honest, you're living outside of the word. Because if you're living the way the word wants you to live, you should expect these things. Because the word of God forewarns you. This is what's going to happen. Whatever you teach on, whatever you come to believe, dealing with the word of God, it's going to hit you in your face. 
It's going to come at you to see where you really are in him. If we never had things to come at us, we would never know where we are in him. This is why he said, be strong in me and in the power of my, in, in my might, because he knows you're going to have some opposition. If y'all are not having opposition, it's because you're not where you need to be in the word. If the enemy is not coming at you, it's because you're not where you need to be in the word. If he left you alone for a week, you better check yourself and say, God, have I come out of my place with you? Sometimes we get so happy because everything is going so well. That's when you need to stop and say, okay, God, something is, something is just not right. I'm feeling something here that's just not right. Have I prepared my heart for what's yet to come? So the more you get into the word of God, the more of an opposition you're going to have, the more of a fight you're going to have, and you're going to know where you've been. It is because of that word. So let's look at Mark, the fourth chapter. The fourth chapter, verse 16 and 17. And I'm going to read out the expanded Bible. Mark 4, 16 through 17. And this is talking about the seed, which is the word of God. Verse 16, others are like the seed planted sown on rocky, rocky ground. They hear the teaching, the word, the message, and quickly accept it with joy. But since they don't allow the teaching to go deep into their lives, but since they have no root in themselves, they keep it only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the teaching, they accept, they quickly give up, fall away and stumble so we know this is the word on stony ground you know how you plant a seed the ground hadn't been cultivated good you put the seed in there and it grows so those are the people that it's really not in their heart it hasn't gotten deep yet and how do you know it's not really deep because the bible said when trouble come or persecution comes because of the teaching they accept they quickly give up affliction is anguish it's being, it's burden, persecution, tribulation, and trouble. So when affliction come, when trouble come, guess what people do? Some people, they let go of the word. Come on, have we ever been there? When the word is so deep, see the word got to get so deep in you that when all of these come, you don't let go of the word. You tell whatever is coming, it has to let go of you. So if you're bowing down to what's coming more than you exalting who you are in him, then that word is not deep. The word has to be so deep that no matter which way the enemy come, he can't uproot it because that word is deeply planted on the inside of you. So don't get upset. Some of us say, man, I've been saved for 20 years. That's a good thing. But if you've been saved for 20 years and you still... Um, doing certain things that you should not be doing. And when the enemy come, you letting go of the word. That tells you that that word has not been deeply rooted on the inside of you. I always say this. When storms come, we may be shaken, but we're not moved. You're going to be shaken. All of us are going to be shaken when you hear bad news. We get shaken, but we're not moved off of what we believe. We have to be that tree that's planted by the rivers of what? Living water. So when things begin to come, that tree is still standing. Have y'all ever watched a storm outside and you look outside and you see those trees? I mean, they're swaying, man. 
they're swaying and look like you're going down. But the next morning you look out, that very tree that you were watching is still standing. It was swaying, but it was not moved. It was not uprooted. Why? Because that tree had some deep roots. Or you may see a tree that the top get cut off of it, but the root ain't gone yet. Or you may see a tree where a storm come and uproot that tree and you see it tumbling over. So some people that you see may not be as strong as you think they are. It's how you weather the storm. So this is why it says that because of the word, because of the word, this is why persecution come. Why did I use that scripture? Because some of us feel as, as if it's not coming in my house. Or because of who I am in him, these things are not going to happen to me. This is why you have to be ready for what's yet to come. Because you are tried. The enemy will try you. He will try you. He tried Job. Did he not try Job? And it says that Job was righteous. He was blameless. Job loved the Lord. But Satan said, let me try him. Let me try him. God said, you can try him. But you're not going to kill him. See, God already knew where Job was. God already knew the heart of Job. Job went through some terrible things. Look at all the stuff he lost. But guess one thing he didn't lose was the nagging woman. The nagging woman was there. Give up. Y'all listen to something. Children gone. Money gone. All this, everything gone. But the wife is right there while this man is on his dying bed. Just give up and won't you go ahead and die. But he didn't die. He was living and what he went through, God was building him up. God was letting him know, I am still God. He was wishing that he was never born and he went through some steps of being born. Then I'm like, dad, Job, you went through everything. The breast, everything with the mama. You went through everything because he was really ready to give up. So what am I saying? The more you get into the word of God, the more you stand on the word of God, the more things that's going to come at you. Think it not strange, the fiery dots that's coming at you. We can't think it's strange when we're standing on what we believe. And this is what's happening during this pandemic. God is showing. <laughs> He's showing the ones that are on his side and the ones that are not on his side. You're seeing some Christians that's, that's been hollering hallelujah for years, that's been telling you to trust God, that's hiding up under everything they can hide up under, that's trying to find the best masks and hand sanitizers and everything that they can find, and they're saying, Jesus is Lord. Yes, he is Lord. But when are we going to really let him be our Lord and our Savior and our Master and trust him more than we trust him? It's just showing us, y'all, where we are. And we need to be giving God glory because sometimes we think we're okay until something come. And when it pop up and we're worried and we're, you know, all over the place, that's when we need to say, thank you, God. Thank you for showing me that I'm not where I need to be. But I have a helper, which is the Holy Spirit, to help me to get to that place that you want me to be. Holy Spirit, I need your help. That's when we call on him. So the question is that I said in the beginning, what is so important about the word of God? Because evidently there's something that's so important about the word. And the reason why I say it, because the enemy is coming in harder and stronger because of this word. The more the word of God is preached, the more the enemy come in and attack 
what's being preached, the more he come in and try to steal. The Bible says that he is, what did he come to do? To steal, kill, and destroy. What is he after? The word. He's after what you're carrying, y'all. Go back to Mary. Mary became pregnant with the word of life. The word brings you life. Satan is about what? Death. So he want to try to kill that life that's in you because he know that if he can do that, death is right there. So then this is what God began to show me. The first thing that God said is one thing we got to understand about the word is the word existed before anything existed. He said, that's what he want us to understand. The word existed before anything else existed. And if we can stay right there to know that the word was here before anything or anybody was here, everything is dependent, y'all, upon the word of God. Look at John. We're familiar with this. John 1, verse 1. It says, in the beginning, there was the word. That means the word already existed. The word refers, we know, to Christ. The word was with God and the word was fully God. He was with God in the beginning. So we know that the word was here, y'all, before anything else was here. God was here. Jehovah God, the self-existing one, nobody created him before anything was. He was already here. This is one thing God said that we have to really meditate on. God was here before anything. He was the one and only true and living God. There were no other gods. This is why I'm laying this out. There were no other gods. He was the one and only true and living God. And when we recognize that, when we recognize that he is God, nobody created him. He's self-existing. God was here before anything. Let's back it up in Psalms 90 verse 2. Psalms 90 verse 2, it says, Before the mountains were born and before you created, brought forth the earth and the world, you are God. You have always been and you will always be. Isn't that something? So he's backing it up with his word to let us know there was nothing here before him. Nothing here before him. Here go another scripture, Proverbs 8.23. Proverbs 8.23. I was created, formed, woven, or appointed in the very beginning, even before the world began. So we're looking at Psalms 90, verse 2, Proverbs 8.23. Let me give you Isaiah 43.10. By two or three witnesses, let it be established. Isaiah 43.10. The Lord says... You are my witnesses and the servant I chose. I choose you so you will know and believe me, so you will understand that I am the true God. There was no God created before me, and there will be no God after me. This is what we need to let people know. There's no other God that was um, before him, and there will never be any other God after him. He's the one true and living God. So that's one thing he said I want people to understand. I am God. There was no other gods before me. There will be no other gods after me. And this is why the world is so towed up because they're creating their own gods. And this is one thing that we have to understand. 
People create their gods using man, using money. Anything that you put before God is your God. Your children, your animals, your husband, your wife, your cars, your houses, your jobs. Anything that you put before God, you're saying that is your God. And it's above the one and true living God. This is why God said in the book of Exodus 20 verse 3. This is the first command he gave them. Have no other God before me. Why would he put that first? He said, first of all, you got to know there is no other God. Why was he stressing that so much? He said, because I want you to look to me. There is no other. Look to me. There's no other. Look to me. Have no other God before me. And I'm hearing in my ear, we put money before God. We believe money is going to save us. Why do you think so many people go after fame, fortune? You know, they, they have millions, trillions. It's not enough. They get to a million. What else they got to have after that million? A billion. After they get to the billion, what do they need after the billion? They keep going and going and going because it's never enough. Y'all, come on. We can agree. Come on. Do y'all remember when a dollar bill meant something? When you were growing up, how many, when you got a dollar bill, you was like, man, I'm rich. Y'all remember? Because before it was like pennies. Then it was five, well, penny, five cent, ten cent. Then you keep moving on up to a quarter. Then you get your little 50 cent. Then you get four quarters. You got a dollar. And you're so happy. But then when you get that green in your hand, you're like, I got me a dollar. I remember we used to work for our uncle, which was Manny's granddaddy. And he used to take us to the moose lodge. We get up five o'clock in the morning, y'all. Go with him to clean up the moose lodge. Get down there and work about a half a day. And he give us $2. We was praising God for $2. Thought we had something. But then when the light bulb come on, we realize we getting out of this bed for $2. You got us this time, but you're not getting us no more. But that was more than what we had. See, we had to be appreciative. And what they always taught us when we, we were growing up, you got to start small. Before you can get big. We didn't understand that. But the more we, the older we got, we could look back and say, they was teaching us how to work. His father taught him how to work. His father taught me how to work. So everybody knew how to work. We just didn't sit down and wait on nothing to come to us. They taught us how to use our money. They taught us, you know, how to save. Don't spend all that you have. So the more money that you got, you put it in your piggy bank, the piggy bank getting stocked up. But guess what the problem was? When you start looking to your money, instead of looking to the creator, who gives you all things, the enemy is setting you up for fall. It's okay to make money, but it's not okay for money to have you. And sometimes we get so happy with what we have, we want more. We keep going to get more, not enough. Come on, y'all, look at the phones. Some of us have a, phones as our idols. You know, when the iPhones come out or the galaxies or all these phones, okay, this is good, but that's better. So I got to have this one. Why do I have to have it? Because everybody else has it. I can't only be the one with this type phone. Praise God for Kathy Best Newton. Let's give her a hand clap of applause. <laughs> I love picking on Kathy because <laughs> she wasn't like that. Kathy would whip that thing out and it still looked good to Kathy. She was proud. But this is what I'm saying. You don't let things have you. 
And when we let things have us, we're putting those things in the place of God. God said, until my people realize, I'm talking to Christian folks. He is your only God. He is the only one that you should be exalting, that you should be looking up to. This is why you have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will show you all your gods in your house. Some people buy furniture and don't want nobody to sit on it. That's a God. They will. They'll buy furniture, let people look at it, but do not sit on it. And if you sit on it, make sure none of your clothes bleed while you're sitting on my furniture. This is what I want to understand. Who buys white furniture? And you can't sit on it. What's the point of buying something you can't enjoy? Can anybody tell me that? What's the point? You know what the point is? See me, hear me, be attached to me. When somebody walk in my house, they're going to see how beautiful it is, but you can't sit there. You might sit there for a moment, right? But after that moment, and ain't going to be no more moments, and you tell your children, don't you go in there. You better not sit your behind like down in my chair. How can we do our family like that? But when guests come, we faking it to me. Come on, sit on down. Sit right there. Have a seat. I'll move it for you. As soon as they leave, you stack everything back up and say, you better not go in that room. You hear what I say? That's a God. That's who you look up to. See, we can get so deep into having idols, we don't recognize that they are idols. But when you take the time to hear the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit tell you that Rome is your idol. That's sad, y'all. Everything that God creates, he wants us to, to enjoy it, but he don't want that before him. So we have to check in our lives to say, God, What do I have in my possession that I'm putting above you that I'm making in a God? And he'll show it to you. Anything that you have that you put above God is your God. Just like I said, it can be furniture, it can be cars, it can be shoes, it can be pocketbooks. It can be anything that you putting above God that's drawing attention to you and not God being glorified through it so we see that God said he want people to know that he's the only God that exists right so we know that he said in Exodus 23 you should have no other God before or beside or besides me now this is the thing here God is saying this because God already knew what was going to happen before it happened And the only thing that the word of God is here is to tell us what to do and what not to do. The word of God tells us how to live. The word of God gives us everything that we need to live according to the way God wants us to live. So that's why we need to go in it to know what God is saying. But this is the thing. When he said, have no other God before me, guess what? Oh, Lucifer up there, which is Satan today, Lucifer, Satan, he up there as that angel He wanted God's throne, didn't he? He wanted to be above God. We know that's in Isaiah 14. He wanted to be above God. He wanted people to look up to him. So what he had to do, he had to come in and figure out a way, how can I get people to look up to me so I can be exalted? So we know what he did when he got thrown out of heaven. There he is in the Garden of Eden, and we know how he used 
Eve deceived Eve and then Adam, he partook of what his wife partook of. And so they lost their authority. That's when Satan became who? The God of this world. That's what he wanted. By him becoming the God of this world, he got people having other gods, other things that they can worship. Why? Because he don't want them worshiping God. He want people thinking it's more than just him. It's a lot of other gods out here. You don't have to worship just him. Why? Because he want to be exalted. He want to be above God. So he's using things, y'all, to keep us from worshiping the one and true and living God. So if we don't realize, and I'm going to be honest, y'all, sometimes we forget that God is God. Sometimes we forget that he's the only true and living God because when we put stuff ahead of him, just like when we wake up in the morning, all of us, you know, people go to work. They know that they, a man don't work, he don't eat. If the first thing that you do in the morning, get yourself ready, go to that job and try to impress your boss and you don't say good morning, Jesus, nothing. You just ready to make that money. Who's your God? Your job. So see, we don't realize it at times. When you leave him out of the picture, you're disrespecting a God that you're supposed to be honoring on a daily basis. We should be getting up saying, Lord, I thank you for another day. Lord, I thank you that if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't have the job that I have. I wouldn't have what I have if it wasn't for you. So I'm going to give you glory because this is the day that you have made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. I don't know what I'm going to face today, but God, you know all things. You're all knowing. You're all powerful. God, you're everywhere. So God, I thank you for showing me what I need to do in this day. You shall be glorified. I want you to get glory through me, God, because it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who live in me. Who are you exalting? Who are you giving glory to? Who are you looking up to more than anything else? God. And that's what he wants from us. We're his children. He's our father. So everything that we need, we go to him, Abba Father. If we are not going to Abba Father and we're looking for man to fulfill something he's already done, who is our God? Man. So God wants us to look at him in every area of our lives and get to know who he is. He's the self-existing one. He's God Almighty. He's El Shaddai. He's the healer. He's the deliverer. He's everything that you need. He said, I am that I am, and I'll be what you want me to be when you need for me to be it. You don't have to call on nobody else but me. He said, because I'm God. Did I not say there's no other God? But when we recognize there's no other God, the only one we can turn to is God. The only one that we can lay flat on our face and call on is God. When we look up, God is there. When we look, God is still there. David said, everywhere I go, he's still there. If I make my bed in hell, he's still there. God is everywhere. That's why we have to know, God, if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be fearfully and wonderfully made. You put me in my mother's womb. You knew my name, God, before they even called me by my name. God, you knew all about me. You're the only true and living God. If we recognize that he's the only true and living God, nothing would go before him. 
And I believe we have not come to that yet, knowing, and I'm going to tell you how. My husband, I used to look up to him as a God. Did not know it until I really got saved, y'all, because sometimes when we think we, when we get married or we dating, we put a person in a place that, man, I, I can't do nothing without that person. When that person ain't here, it seems like a part of me is missing, and we get so used to that. But once I accepted Jesus as my Lord, and once I knew without a shadow of a doubt, that man loved me, but he cannot help me with this. Y'all, a big light bulb come on. I know you love me, but you can't help me with this. How did I know he couldn't help me? This is when reality hit. When depression hit my life, and I called him because I'm thinking, maybe if he hugged me, maybe if he talked to me, it'll just... Turn off, just like that. None of that worked. None of that worked. Him being in the room was annoying me. None of that worked. Do anybody know what I'm talking about? None of that worked. No matter what he done, none of that worked. Took me to the mall, shop till you drop. I said, if you gave me a million dollars, it wouldn't help how I feel because I can't even tell you how I feel. But y'all, when I truly called on God and said, God, if you can't help me, because I knew there was a God, y'all. How did I really know that there was a God? I heard about him. I stayed with a grandfather that was a prophet, that was an apostle, that was right up under the fivefold that could tell you everything that needed to be told. I was raised by him, but I had to know him for myself. I heard about him, but I didn't know him. But when I came to know him, I forgot about him. Didn't I? He had to leave me a note. Come on, that's when you fall in love. God showed me. He said, have no other God, not even your husband before me. He knew that I was in love with another man when I wouldn't follow him to no race. When I would say, go ahead, bye. I stayed in the word. While he was out, wouldn't even call him. Wouldn't even check on him. Y'all, I was deep. I needed help. And I knew he couldn't help me. And I knew it was not. And this is what I told God. God, if you don't help me, I know nobody can. That's when God really heard my heart, y'all. Because I didn't move on nobody else but God. I didn't tell my daddy. I didn't tell Shirley. Because my aunt, y'all, I'm going to tell you something. That's a missionary. She find out something wrong with you. She going to lock herself in your house. Ain't that right? She, gonna, she ain't going to lose you until that thing lose you. If nobody don't come, surely come. Y'all hear what I say? And she going to stay there too. <laughs> Couldn't call on her. Daddy, nobody. Only thing I knew, God, if you don't help me, nobody else can. That's when I knew y'all, he exists. Because when he heard my heartfelt cry, on days I couldn't even think right, couldn't even comb my hair, couldn't even get my child ready. When I called on him, I knew it was still some life there in me. And God helped me, y'all. Because he let me know, I'm seeing you trust in me more than you trust in anybody or anything. And that's when I started hearing God speak to me. And when he started speaking to me, I knew, God, you taking the impossible in my life. And God, you making it possible. 
But one thing God let me know is because you took what I said and you believed me outside of how you felt, outside of how it appeared to be. You got to know there's a God, y'all. That's your first step. You got to really take your time to say, God, do I really know that you exist? The, the Bible says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Those that come to him must know that he is. That means that he exists in Hebrews eleven six. You got to know before you come to him that he exists. We say he exists, but in our time of trouble, who are you really calling on? If God is existing, why aren't we staying there with God and say, God, I'm not going to move like Jacob until you bless me. He was in pain. His hip was tore all up, but he said, no, I'm not letting you go until you bless me. That's when his name got changed. So God want us to truly believe that he exists and that he's, a, that he's God. And he said, when you believe that, he said, I am a rewarder of those who diligently seek me. See, the ones that's diligently seeking him ain't putting nobody else before God. You're saying, God, I see what's going on, but you're God. So I need for you to tell me, Father, what do you want me to do in this situation? Y'all, have we really got there yet? Have we really let go of everything else and draw it closer to God more than we're drawing closer to everybody else? Because see, once God got me where I needed to be with him and my husband left me the note saying I was leaving him out of everything, my husband knew. As soon as he hit the bed, it was me and the Lord. I was in the Bible, close my Bible, go to sleep, wake up, I'm ready again. With the word of God. Still love my husband. Cook clean for my husband. Saying I'm being a good wife for my husband. My husband knew I lost my wife. What you mean? I'm here. What are you talking about? He knew I fell in love. Y'all, I fell in love with me some Jesus. Lord knows I did. And I didn't want to lose what I had. Because I knew I had found someone, y'all, that I can trust with my deepest, darkest secrets. The things that I couldn't discuss with nobody. I could just sit there at night and just talk to my God and tell him, God, how do you want me to handle this? God, what do you want me to do? God, you know my fears. You know my anxieties. God, you know what I'm thinking right now. God, what do you want me to do? And he was always there with an answer. Because I believe he existed, y'all, above what was going on around me. So I want to ask you tonight, do you really believe that God exists? Do you believe that there is a God? That's the first thing you got to ask yourself, because if you truly believe that, you're going to stand for him. You're not going to stand for nothing else. This is why these people were martyred. This is why they died, because they trusted in God and they knew that he was God. We have to be at the point, yet they slay me. I'm not going to be moved off of what I believe. So do you truly believe that he exists? And see, in believing that, you're going to go through some stuff. And you're going to get tried by what you believe to see, do they really trust me now? Can they trust me in the place that they're in? 
So when we look at the scripture, we know Satan became the God of this world. But then God began to show me another scripture. It was with Moses in Exodus 32. Y'all know they already come out of bondage. God had already brought them out of Egypt. But Moses had to go be before God. He had to get instructions from God and he had to bring it to the people. So when Moses went to get those commands from God, guess what? He left the people in Aaron's hand. But y'all know what happened. It says in Exodus 32, 1, the people saw that a long time had passed and Moses had not come down from the mountain. So they gathered assembly around Aaron and said, this man Moses led us, brought us out of Egypt, but we don't know what has happened to him. Now listen what they said, make us gods or a God or an image of God who will lead and go before us. This is where these gods are coming from, y'all. Make us gods. We need an image. We need something we can look at (laughs) that can tell us which way we need to go. Where is this old Moses? Oh, Aaron. Aaron said to the people, take off the gold earrings, off your wives, your sons, and your daughters are wearing and bring them to me. Now look at this, y'all. Remember he said, make us some what? Gods or God? Your earrings, stuff you're wearing can be a God. He took what they were wearing, said, bring it to me, and he made one big God. I want y'all to catch that. Stuff you wear, it come from them. It come from what they possess. It come from what they had, y'all. That's how they made this God. They took what they had and made a God. Is that not what we do today? We take what we have and we make it out of God's. And we look up to those things as our God. That's what they did. So they were worshiping what had been carved into a God based upon what they had. He had to have something from them to make the God. What have we given in our lives that we have made out of a God? So when Moses come back down and saw what was going on, this is what Moses said. Whoever's on the Lord's side, come over here. And this is what God is saying during this pandemic. He need the ones that's on his side to come to his side. And the ones that's not on his side, those are the ones that are dying. Because when you really for God, do you think if you're standing for God, you know that he's existing, he's going to allow you to die? No, that's not a loving father. So it's proven to you that the things that they had, they made it out of a God. So the first thing we got to do, God is saying, let go of all these gods in your life. Let go of what you've been holding on to, making you feel like this is what's keeping me. And I'm going to say this. We got to let go of these men and women in our lives, children, money, all of these things that we're holding on to that we're thinking that's keeping us. Because when those things leave your life, you find out. That's not what was keeping you because you still got to turn back to the one and true living God. Some of us think if I don't have a man, if I don't have a woman, I'm not complete. If you're in him, 
Come on, read the word, read the word, read the word. The word said you are complete in him. No man, no woman, nobody can make you complete. And if your heart is thinking that you're complete in people, that's who you're going to look up to is those people and not God. Don't be looking for no man or no woman to complete you. Because I'm going to tell you something, they'll fail you. They will fail you. So this is why we have to be so careful with the people that we look up to because failure will come through those people. Sometimes we put so much trust in man and we'll think, oh no, not my man. My man would never do me like that because my man loved me. Then you find out your man did you like that. Hello, somebody. They will never hurt me because they treat me like a queen. They're always there for me. But then... What happens is, even with a man and a woman in marriage, in a relationship, don't you ever think that a man or a woman is not going to hurt you. They're going to hurt you in some kind of way or another. That's why you got to depend on the Lord while you can. Do not let nobody tell you, I love you, but they hurt you. Love don't hurt you. Love dies for you. Love runs when another woman or man come in your face. Love get to scatting and leave pride right there. Don't let nobody fool you. Don't be so quick to grab everything you can grab because everything that look good, people, ain't good. Some men dish out money like crazy to keep that woman shopping while they shopping. This is a reason for this. Giving the woman everything they want. They out shopping and the man shopping. They got so much they done shop with that the woman too blind to see it until one of them come in her face. Did y'all see where the um, woman ran over the man and killed him? Did anybody see that? Woman ran over him, blood on the ground. The car that got tore apart, she took the very fender that was on the car and hit him with that. And told him, I gave you 18 years of my life. He's dead, from what I hear. Woman never caused anybody any trouble. Never. They, they said she was a good person. But she got tired of being misused and abused. But you know what the big problem was? She put too much trust in that man. I gave you 18 of my what? You don't give everybody, you give God your life. You don't give everybody, they will hurt you. And next thing you know, you done killed them. Mm -hmm. So this is why, y'all come on, this is real. Don't jump on everything because they whining and dining you. Don't jump on everything because those things change. Go in Proverbs. Read Proverbs 5, 6, and 7. Man walking mind in his business. Somebody need this. I'm still talking about God. Man walking mind in his business. They'll go to a little lady to my, come on to my house. My husband done went on a far journey. I done got this all ready and prepared. Y'all read it. It's in the Bible. And the, let me read this. Somebody need this tonight. Somebody must be watching or it's in this room. I'm going to read it tonight. We still talking about have no other God before him. God has a way, don't he? It says this. 
And it was so funny when I read it. I could not do nothing but laugh, and I have to find this thing. Here it is, um, chapter 7. It says, Proverbs chapter 7, it says, verse 10, And behold, there met him a woman with the attire of an harlot and subtile of heart. She's loud and stubborn. Her feet abide not in her house. Now is she without, now in the streets and lying wait at every corner. So she caught him. Now listen, y'all. She caught him and kissed him and with an imputed face said unto him, I have a peace offering with me this day. Have I paid my vows? Therefore came I forth to meet thee diligent to seek thy face and I have found thee. I have decked my bed with coverings of tapestry, with carved works, with fine linen of Egypt. I have perfumed my bed with, what is that? Marth, aloes, and cinnamon. Come, let us take our fill of love until the morning. Let us solace ourselves with loves. For the goodman, now listen at this, that ignorant man. For the goodman is not at home. He's gone on a long journey. See, all those words that she put in his ear, that done got him hot. Now, when she got to that goodman at home, he wasn't thinking about no goodman at home. He was already turned on. Them words are turned you on. He has taken a bag of money with him. Now, listen at this. And will come home at the day appointed. With her much fair speech, she caused him to yield. Y'all listen. Speech, she caused him to yield. With the flattering of lips, she forced him. Now, listen at this. This is what I laughed at. He goeth after her straightway as an ox goes to slaughter or as a fool to the correction of the stocks. See what the word is saying? Come on now. Just like that. She's supposed to have loved her husband, right? Didn't say nothing about him having a wife, did it? But look what she did. She put the words in his ear. He went on home in her house with and went after her like an ox. So what did that tell you, y'all? If we don't know that there's a God and keep him before us, everybody in this room could fail. That's why you got to spend more time with God than you spend with anybody else or anything because the enemy will set up traps. And some men ain't going to run, y'all. You know, when they start running, when they get home and the wife find out, that's the running they do. But in the middle of the act, they lay right there. Somebody need this, Jesus, because <laughs> it's deep. Then when they get up and it's all over, guess what they say? What have I done? I love my wife. I want to say this to some woman out there that's laying with somebody else's husband. That man don't love you because if he love you, He wouldn't be going back home to his wife. And if he loved his wife, he wouldn't be with you. Come on, light bulb, please. Can we get a hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah? So that's why we have to, we have to, y'all, we have to make God our only true and living God because in life, You're going to have some things coming at you. But when you've been trusting in God, he's going to always be there for you. He'll never, ever leave you, nor shall he forsake you. So the first thing I'm saying is we have to know that he's God and that he's the only God that exists.
exist. And when you know that, we're going to move on next Tuesday with the help of the Lord to part two of this. Because when we put this all together, we're going to know where we are. We're going to know exactly where we are and who we're leaning and depending on. Let's depend on him to the point that we say, Honey, I know you love me, and I love you too. But I know that God is already taking care of what need to be taken care of, not only for me, but for you. So let's put our trust in him and not in ourselves. That's all God is saying. You cannot trust yourself. Even yourself will fail you. Y'all didn't know that? Self will fail you. Self get tempted when it comes to money, when it comes to food, when it comes to a lot of stuff. Self will get you in trouble now. Self will say, go ahead and take out that loan. Then you take out that loan, you get that $10,000, next thing you know, $10,000 gone. Then you got the monthly payments and you can't pay for it. Self will get you in a world of trouble. That's why you got to know that there's a God that will let you know everything that you need to do and how you need to do it. Y'all, God does exist, doesn't he? Amen. Let's give God a hand clap of praise. <laughs> Hallelujah. Do we have any more, any announcements? Okay. We all good? We're going to let the deacons dismiss us. Is it deacons or deacon? Just one. Two. All right. Um, Brother Deacon Newton dismissed us. He over here in the corner.